0: And so i guess what i want to say there thinking about barbara brown taylor's wonderful work is, is i don't want to say that darkness is some place that god can't reach or that god you know that god can't use and in fact the truth of the matter is, is that god uses darkness to achieve god's god's purposes the point here uh, is is that the light uh, light this light the god light uh cannot be overcome by darkness so in other words darkness serves god uh it is it is not equal to god This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright.
1: Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this is a conversation inspired by Four Faith, a weekly devotion sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe in the episode's description. Howdy, Bishop.
0: Happy 2023. Here we are.
1: Happy epiphany.
0: Happy epiphany.
1: (laughs) This week's devotion is called Shine, based off of Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, which says, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Yeah. And you challenge us to consider leaving at least one new light up. (laughs) I love the whole story. so. I gotta, yeah. I'm curious, though, like, has this ever hit you before, like on past epiphanies, past year ends and year yeah. beginnings?
0: Well, I mean, a, a definition epiphany is is just uh, that time of year when uh, some Christians pay a lot of attention to the distance and the difference between the actual birth of the Christ child and the wise man. And no doubt there were some wise women actually arriving at the manger and so we do not uh, understand that that all happened the same day and so we call that day when uh, when those uh, wise men and wise women arrived at the manger we call that uh, epiphany and it launches out for us a season where we pay attention to the manifestations of god in our midst uh, and we're going to look at jesus's miracles and all that all those things that tell us that god is real that god is able that god is near uh, that God is actually in the process of, of turning hearts and turning the world you know uh right side up. so that's epiphany in a nutshell, uh, and yeah, I want to pay attention to that, just like lots of things I've had thoughts uh but you know when you write sometimes they get clearer, and so I've always sort of been a little bit depressed uh, or at least let down when you' started taking down the Christmas decorations uh and uh and here we are we've taken them down and my wife did such a good job this year she really lived into her vision i mean previous year she was like ah we should do more and you know i wasn't getting in that because i know we doing more meant me doing more so <laughs> i just i i've been a husband a little while I've been a husband long enough to know that you know when to shut up and when to comment so But, but nevertheless, she did such a phenomenal job and it was a delight to drive up to the house and, you know, the, the living room around the fireplace was all, I mean, it was just picture postcard. Right. And then, you know, we were, we're getting ready to start taking some things down and I just realized, you know, um, that's actually out of step with what we say happens. So like we put all the lights up in advance of Jesus's birth and we celebrate Jesus's birth and all that. And that's wonderful. And hallelujah. And then, the, the light has come among us. The light that the darkness cannot overcome has, has actually been born in our midst, come to us. And then we take all the lights down when really, uh, if what we believe is true, we should leave at least one new light up. And so there, there, that's the trajectory of the whole sort of vagrant thought business. And so uh, I told my wife, hey, we're going to leave these sort of really colorful little string of lights hanging over the, over the banister. I'm going to leave them up. And so when you if you walk in our front door, you look like you've just walked into like a European disco or something like that. But but I love it. And uh, you know I think that belief uh, is supposed to um, uh, give birth to practice. So what we say ought to actually be manifested in the real world. And so that's why I'm doing it.
1: I love that. So I just have to share with everybody. A little Christmas pageant this year at our church. Of course, we did the Christmas pageant, you know, during the the 430 early service on Christmas Eve. And honest to goodness, we'd never done this script. We kind of did our own little thing this year, but I wanted to have a really kick A star of Bethlehem. One of my friends is really great. She's awesome. I mean, she's she's fabulous. Um, she made this star according to like the concept that I kind of laid, laid out for her. I'm like, I want this big star. And she like, and I said, and I want it to glisten kind of like a disco ball. And so she made this incredible thing. And we had all the lights off. And it was awesome because we had a kid like, like turn it and twist it. And all the lights were down except for we had a kid on the floor shining two mag lights on it. <laughs> and we got these like disco ball mirror liners. Oh my gosh, it was absolutely incredible. But it strikes me, the light of Christ strikes me. And so what you said, I've never really put two and two together like that before. Light matters. Epiphany light. epiphany matters.
0: Well, light matters. I mean, you could stop there. I mean, that that's a uh, that is uh, that would be one hell of a sermon. I mean, l- light matters. The fact that we say this light uh, the God light uh, has come into the world and into our hearts. And uh, no matter how we try, uh, it cannot be denied ultimately, and, uh, and it cannot be quenched. I mean, you know, um, that's, that's quite a lot to say, um, and, and, and it, it gives hope. Um, it, it makes us have hope if, if we believe that that is true. And of course, Jesus's life and then his death and then his resurrection affirms that, that, you know, despite, you know, the stubbornness and hard heartedness and, and ignorance of the religious community, despite, you know, uh, the megalomania of various political leaders then, and, and perhaps now, and even, Uh, judicial dereliction, like I, like I write in the meditation, uh, despite all of that, uh, we are somehow captured by this, this hope in this light. And we believe that this light is the light of the world. Um, And it's not, it's, it's not so much an over and against statement. Uh, We believe it's a statement big enough for all. I mean, you know, uh, this is what we say that this, you know, this is what the angels sing when they, when they announce Jesus is coming uh, to the uh, to the shepherds that this is for all, uh, and 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 that is what we believe. And and so when I think about Isaiah's wonderful words, "Arise and shine," you know he puts action uh, with awe. So we're we're in awe uh, of this light, and this light is shining. And also, you know, this wonderful new light, uh, the the God light coming in the person of Jesus Christ, and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Also invites us to take action that's the verb, and so so the, the light has come and it's an invitation to do something mm. just because of the light.
1: <laughs> My favorite line and the whole the whole thing is uh, it's so beautifully written a light that cannot be extinguished by religious calcification
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: political egocentrism. Or judicial dereliction. I mean, there you go. what? I mean, awesome, awesome words. Uh, you know, can you unpack some of those for us a little bit? What do you mean by religious calcification and political egos? I mean, I think I know what you mean, but what do you mean by that? Juxtaposed by the light of Christ.
0: Well, you know. Bouncing around the Bible a little bit, you know, John's Gospel tells us he came to his own, and they received him not. I mean, he came to his own people who were reading from his same the same script, and this is it's not anti-Semitic to say this is a conversation within a community that we as non-Jews get a chance to take a look at, and so we shouldn't read any sort of reason to be anti-Semitic. But he came to his own, and he came using their own script, uh, which has become our script. And and they, they did not have the room in their theology. They did not have the room uh, in their in their sort of political survival mode to to embrace him. Uh, and so I, I'm I'm just when I say religious calcification, I want to notice within myself and within the religious community, organized religious community as a general matter, that we can become slaves uh, to business as use, usual. And We can become uh, slaves to form over revelation. Uh, and, and, and it's a worrisome thing. Uh, we, can, we can squeeze the life out of tradition. We can hold tradition so tightly that we squeeze the life out of it. Uh, and, and so I, I worry about that. Um, I, I worry that we're making or intending to make church goers uh, rather than people who want to travel with God uh and and uh, and i think that the church is a gift to god a gift from god uh, to the world i do believe that with all my heart but you know and i like to say that when church is really good humming along it's generative it's beautiful it's warm it's transformative it's a gift uh and when it's good it's really good like it's good with no peer but when it's bad oh it's bad it's it's really bad uh, and it's bad in a space that we don't need to be bad. It's bad in that we're misrepresenting God. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and that is a worrisome, worrisome thing to me. So when I'm talking about religious calcification there, I'm talking about various characters in the Jesus story in the Bible um, who are like us so often are, are caught betwixt and between about, you know, between religious convention uh, and a harder question is what is God doing now? Um, and that is a hard, hard question to tend to at home and at work and in marriage and in child rearing and with our money and our calendar. So that's what I'm sa- I'm saying there, but I'm saying in all of that, the light pierces, you know, Nicodemus finds it out and he finds the light at night, you know, <laughs> uh, in a funny way, Mary, Mary, um, bends her life to the light when she says yes to Gabriel, uh, uh, the angel Joseph, uh, uh, does ceases to file divorce papers uh when the angel comes to him and tells them that uh this thing that has happened to mary is all about light so i mean light breaks through even the 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 most dense religious doctrine is what i'm trying to say there
1: yeah that makes sense well i've got more questions and we'll get to them right after this
0: hi listeners thank you for listening to four people a space of digital evangelism. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. And now back to Four People.
1: Welcome back to Four People. Bishop, just before the break, you had said something, um, backing up a little bit, you had said something that we need to be careful of not becoming slaves to form over Revelation. And revelation is is something that I think a lot of people will associate with light and darkness, as in not knowing. And yet, I'm reminded of the paradox that light and dark often go hand in hand.
0: Yeah, you know, different sides of the same coin, absolutely. And so, and and so, I guess what I want to say there, thinking about Barbara Brown Taylor's wonderful work, is, is I don't want to say that darkness is some place that God. Can't reach or that God, you know, that God can't use. And in fact, the truth of the matter is, is that God uses darkness to achieve God's God's purposes. The point here uh, is, is that the light, uh, light, this light, the God light, uh, cannot be overcome by darkness. So, in other words, darkness serves God. Uh, it is, it is not equal to God. Uh, it is not peer to God's initiatives. And and so that's the point I really want to make. And so, you know. I, I love that about, you know, in, in various pieces of scripture, you know, where the, the dark is not dark to God, as scripture says, right? Uh, in, in other words, God uses everything. God is sovereign. Uh, and so the light is an extension of God's sovereignty. In other words, God has decided that this is the symbol. This is the work that God is going to do. And he's going to use light to expose, uh, to comfort, uh, to give courage, to give warmth, to give clarity, all these all these wonderful uh, wonderful things. And that God does that while you and I are groping around in darkness. What an incredible light that is, that it can be seen, you know, in darkness and actually ends up helping us to look back at some of the darknesses that you and I have been through and then see God was right there all along.
1: Mm. Well, you also said. I think you said belief shapes practice. Yeah. And I would say the opposite's also true. I think practice shapes belief. And so, in this season uh, of light and epiphany and celebrating the fact that God is with us, um, how would you encourage us to practice being able to recognize what God is doing now?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, here, here's where we get back to basics. I, I think, it, you know, um, I, I'm not one of those who have like elaborate, you know, a uh, list of, of things and I'm, I'm, uh, that I want to commend to people. And I, I'm not a big sort of New Year's resolution type of dude. You know, I, 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 I think that one of the where we start at is, is that what's really on our heart this year. And, and so, you know, one of the things that, that I would invite people to say is, is that what's your question for God this year? You know, um if we're talking about the wise men following a light, following a star, they came with their questions. Uh, and, and so I always like to invite people. So, what's your question for 2023 for your life? Um, for your for your living. Um, and, and let's just walk a while with God with that question. I like to point people to the book of common prayer. That's the book we use in the Episcopal Church. Uh, and and I and it has various services, services for healing and services. Uh, uh, for confession of sins, et cetera. And I always like to invite people to locate yourself in one of those prayers. What what season are you in and what's the prayer you need to be praying uh, right now? Um, I also like to invite people to sort of uh, ground whatever they do in their own actual biological rhythm. I'm an early morning guy, as I've said a thousand times on this podcast. I wonder what you are. I wonder what others are. And so maybe that's the time to have a conversation with God. See, I I think it's not about magical words or eloquence and and, and all that sort of stuff. I think it's about the intention of the heart. And so that's what God seems to want from Scripture is your earnest longing of your heart. And so what do you want to say to God? And what do you need God to say to you going forward? And then we begin to amass resources. That may be talking to a clergy person. That may be, uh, you know, uh, talking to someone who's a little further along the journey than you. Buying them coffee. Uh, That may mean a cold call to some kind soul and and asking them that may mean deciding uh, to just serve in a food pantry for the year of 2023 or a battered woman's shelter for 2023. Just picking one thing. I think we, we gild the lily unnecessarily. You know, we serve a God who came in simplicity. And so there's something about simplicity that I think is enlivening. I met, I did the uh, Christmas Eve service, uh, I usually do it either at at Alto Arendelle Prison uh, or I do it at uh, at, uh, Common Ground, which is our church outdoors uh, for brothers and sisters who don't uh, have shelter. And uh, I couldn't do it at Arendelle this year because they're understaffed and so they didn't want to gather all the people there for a big worship service with me. And so uh, I went down to Woodruff Park in Atlanta, Georgia, where the water was literally freezing uh, you know, the waterfall had frozen. It, it, was, it was something. And we celebrated worship outside. And I was so struck there. I met a woman. Now uh, I happened to be an Episcopalian. And this woman had uh, been uh, a member of a Catholic church for a very long time, a very devoted Catholic. And, and, and uh, she had been praying and discerning about where she was going to be. And so she ended up at Church of the Common Ground, uh, herself and her family, serving uh, there, uh, serving uh, brothers and sisters who are without shelter there. And I thought that was one of the most beautiful things I had heard recently, which is that there was no trumpet, no fanfare, no Facebook page, no nothing, just her hands and a willing heart, you know, you know to serve. And she was fully committed there. I mean, clearly it was a woman who was bright and well-resourced, uh, but she just decided that this is my place. And I said, so, you know, uh, thinking, you know, perhaps too traditionally, I said, well, I clearly, this is your outreach endeavor. Where's your congregation? She said, this is my congregation. And so I would invite people, I would invite people to, to think in those terms, you know, what's that one place that you can be that you know, God wants God's light at. Uh, and you can just commit to that for one calendar year. I think there's a lot to learn about ourselves when we, when we pleasure ourselves in that kind of service. Um, and I think there's a, a lot to learn about the world. And I think there's a lot to learn about the nature of Christ. I mean, think about it for a second. I mean, everything we're trying to do, we're just trying to, you know, we're just sort of stealing from Jesus, right? We're, we're, we're pouring ourselves in humility into one little locale uh, and trying to be a blessing to that and trying to live out the teachings uh, and trying to uh, be kind to people who, who are on margins and trying to point at God all around us. And so I think uh, that would be my invitation. And of course, you know, my, my big ticket item is read the Bible. You know, I mean, <laughs> I have a guy who was my mentor a thousand years ago. And he said, hey, Rob, remember to say your prayers or read your Bible. I mean, it's really, <laughs> I mean, we can make it sound sexier than that, but it really is that, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Read your Bible, pray every day. <laughs>
0: yeah, man. Look, and it, it won't hurt you none, right? <laughs> It, so it it won't hurt you none, and you and you just might get, you know, a new sense of this light yourself.
1: Well, I love it. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. I, I I'm still singing, rise and shine and give God, give God your glory, glory, glory. Glory, <laughs> glory.
0: There you go. Yeah, man.
1: Well, thank you, Bishop, and thank you, listeners, for listening to Four People. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be back with you next week.